You must remember this. A kiss is still a kiss. Sigh is just a sigh. The fundamental things apply as time time goes by. Play it again, Sam. Spoiler alert! Uh, Rick helps Ilsa and Lazo escape Casablanca while he goes on the run with Renault, and they become good friends, probably. Welcome to Syndication, the only podcast that's looking at you, kid. (laughs) (laughs) Gambling, neutrality, and double crosses. This episode, we discuss the classic World War II romantic drama, Casablanca. I'm your host, Tyler Young, and I'm with three other people. Who's this? Who's this guy over here with the? Uh, yeah, hi. The I'm I'm Devin Ellis. Hello. Hi, Devin. Hey, Ellis. What's up? Island. No, I never hey, stuck. Devin. I try to make hey. it stick. Yeah, it's not yeah. great. <laughs> I think it's superb. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> it's very unoriginal. I've been hearing that my entire life, and it's boring. <laughs> it's all in the delivery. You gotta say it just right. Mm-hmm. Which pauses in between? <laughs> just do it in my voice. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, who's this guy over here? Well, hey, I'm <laughs> Matt Renault. You, you uh, picked Renault? Yeah, I did. <laughs> okay. Listen, he's a creepy rapist, but he still made me chuckle throughout the movie. So. And a Nazi with homosexual overtones. <laughs> Question yeah. mark. I think at the end it implied that he had never had Nazi sympathies; that he was just sort of a cockroach, right? For that me, was what I took from it, yeah. which I think yeah. he said. Right. Yeah, he has like, no he allegiance to anyone. Goes with the wind. He does. Mm-hmm. And who's who's this over here? I am Jackie Laszlo Renault. Laszlo Renault. Laszlo Laszlo. Okay. Either way. So you should. I always like panic when it comes the daughter to this part. of the two of them. Yeah. <laughs> Do you guys talk about it and prep ahead of time? We did this time. <laughs> I usually forget, and I, I forget the name that I'm going to pick because I'm really bad at remembering names. And then I panic and either mispronounce it like I just did or just don't do a good job. So we did set it in advance. It's okay. It's a pretty inconsequential part. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I agree. So, uh, Jackie. Uh, oh, wait. What are we drinking first? Uh, we're drinking. Into the microphone, babe. We're drinking. Oh, shit. Uh of all the gin joints in all the towns in all the worlds, we chose gin tonic. <laughs> <laughs> with 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 a uh, right, yeah. Him. So uh, the gin is an American gin, which I thought was thematically appropriate, mm-hmm. and then it's called Aviator, and it has a picture of an old timey plane. Because like the plane at the end, there's a plane. Like the in, the, in the symbol the plane represents the symbolism of mm. our freedom get to mm-hmm. get drunk. Get it, sure. America? <laughs> that tracks probably. Thanks, France. Hey, Jackie. Hey. You, you picked this movie for us. It was your first pick. I did pick it. First uh, guest pick. Well, I picked this film because, well, first of all, I'd never seen it. Mm-hmm. And it was between this and Pulp Fiction. Uh, I know. You've never fuck. seen Pulp Fiction? I've never seen Have you guys seen it? I'm really glad I you didn't have. ask. You didn't say that beforehand because I would have been like, ooh, and then be disappointed the entire time watching Casablanca, <laughs> not Indeed. watching Pulp Fiction. Yeah. <laughs> 
Well, it was between those two, and there are a lot of like I haven't seen Forrest Gump, so mm. that was that could you have been. You haven't fair. seen Forrest Gump. I haven't seen Forrest Gump, so there's a there's She's a seen huge less movies than me. <laughs> a huge gap in my um film knowledge. Um, but I saw this one on the AFI list. It's number two, right underneath number Citizen two. Kane. And um, I had asked my father-in-law, hey, Randy, uh, which one I should pick. And he said, oh, you got to go with Casablanca. Okay. So uh, Doctor's Orders, I picked I picked this film. Nice. Hmm. Let's just go through the, just the, it's going to be a tough one, I feel like. I had a really hard time following this movie. I, I really? think it's just my dumb brain. No. It's my lack of, it's my lack of knowledge of like the specifics of World War II and all the countries and their allegiances and like. I've never heard Vici before I saw this movie, which I'm ashamed of. Did you, you know? also struggle? I really, str- I didn't know the difference between occupied France and unoccupied France. I didn't know that like Paris had been taken over and then France like had a de facto like capital elsewhere. Yeah, uh, it neutral. was very yeah. strange. Right. So there's like Vici France, which right. was Vichy. like, you know, run by the Nazis. And then there's Free Fan- France. Uh, which was like the resistance sections of France that were in southern France, I think. Yeah. See, rural, this is this is my definitely problem. Definitely more rural parts for sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So this, this this is part of my problem with the movie. Like it's steeped in all this history that I'm like painfully unaware of. Um, and so there's a lot of like jargon being thrown out, and there's a lot of like quick conversations happening that I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa what the fuck? Like I had to keep pausing the movie and like. <laughs> looking up like history of World War Two and going, oh, okay, I get it, and like, and then coming back and then watching more of it and like, wait, what the fuck are they talking about? You know, um, I, just like reading the plot <laughs> along with the movie. I should have done that um, because I was also very lost, especially in the beginning. I just kind of like latched on to the story about the people directly involved in this particular story. I mean, it's the most interesting part. I think. I, I mean, that's the movie. That. It's a romantic. Yeah. Part of it, right? So even now, my understanding of like all of the historical background is still going to be pretty limited. So I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try my best to like do a quick synopsis. Go for it, Tyler. Uh, you can do I it. Do. Uh, Rick Blair is an expat from America who's living in uh, French-occupied Casablanca, which is in Morocco, in 1942 or 1941. I think is when it takes place. Yeah, thereabouts. Yeah, it's it's present day for the time when the movie comes out, which is 1942. And he's he runs a bar that's like a neutral bar. Um, think of any bar in any kind of what like Star Wars has one. Uh, <laughs> a saloon, I think he calls it. Yeah, any kind of saloon that you could think of. Uh, <laughs> that awful movie based off a great comic. Um, uh, Constantine had one. Mm-hmm. There's a bunch, you know. Like this is like one of the originals where there's like, hey, 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 no politics here. No one. There's a whole turmoil thing happening outside, but you come here to drink and that's it. And he just lets kind of anything happen there. And gamble. And gamble. Wait, there's gambling here? I am <laughs> shocked. Shocked. <laughs> here are your winnings, Mr. Renault. Thank you. <laughs> Good catch. So he runs he runs this bar, the uh, Rick's uh, Cafe American. During the, the, the course of just the day-to-day of the bar, a thug, basically a pity thief, shows up. Um, who has gotten these um, transit papers. He killed a couple of German uh, couriers and got these papers. And these are like gold because in this like total lockdown of, of, of like a lot of Europe by the Germans, these papers get you anywhere in German-occupied Europe. You can get to Lisbon, and from there it's the best place to get to America. And so these are like, you know, Willy Wonka <laughs> golden, <laughs> golden tickets. Like, holy shit, we need these. Uh, it's life or death having them uh, and this guy's like Rick 
I just like you're you're a you're a neutral party. No one, you know, like no one, everyone respects you and you don't take sides. And you hate me, so I trust you. I don't really like expect you to do anything. Hold on to these for me. I have a buyer coming tonight. Take these for me. He's like, oh, okay, fine. And then he gets killed mm-hmm. while Rick has these in his possession. And no one but Rick and the guy who just died knows that Rick has them. And then, of course, you know, Destiny strikes and his old love from back in Paris in 1940 shows up uh, with her husband basically looking for these tickets. Like, they find out that, that Rick has these tickets and they try to get them from him. And he's like, no, fuck you. You left me in, in Paris because she... Uh, you know, they had this, this big love affair and it was amazing and they, they had a great time. And then she, without any explanation, like sp- explicitly says, don't ask why I'll never, you know, I don't tell you, but I love you. Goodbye. And just leaves them. Uh, and now she's, God mis- bless you. God bless you. And now she's back, uh, mysteriously with this, uh, freedom fighter husband who just escaped from, well, not just, but he had escaped from a concentration camp and is looking to continue his fight against the Nazis, uh, who then, they're now like Rick Rick we need these papers we need to get the hell out of here and continue our fight he's like no <laughs> why would I help out this 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 woman who like who spurned me and her now husband like fuck you both no I'm not doing that and basically throughout the movie it comes to light that like oh this love affair only happened because you know Ilsa thought her husband was dead at the time then uh, before they left Paris because the Nazis were about to storm in she finds out, oh, he's actually alive and escaped a concentration camp. And for his safety to get out of there, not stay behind and try to chase after her, and for her to go back to her husband, who she still loves, leaves him for no reason. And now they're back. And so once she tells him the story, he has a change of heart. And he's like, okay, you and I, we're going to get out of here, right? And so he's dealing with Renault, that that <laughs> that 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 Vichy France uh, just total scumbag he doesn't care about anything or anyone but himself he's you know working with the nazis he's not working with the nazis he says like okay you let laszlo go the husband you let him go so that you can get him on these on these charges later me and ilsa are gonna like split so when we're at the the airport then you can arrest him for having these papers right so when they get there he does a double cross and he's like no fuck you ever know these two are getting out of here ilsa and laszlo together and Ilsa's like, whoa, whoa, wait, I thought we were leaving. And he's like, I have a heart of gold, kid, basically. Get the hell out of here. This is for the greater good. Don't <laughs> don't worry about me. Kid. Yeah, kid. You'll regret it. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but soon. And for the rest of your life, get the fuck out of here. You know, the two of us, we don't amount to a hill of beans in this crazy world. And then they leave. And uh, instead of Renault arresting uh, Bogart right there in the spot, or, or Rick Blaine on the spot, uh, he <laughs> helps him out and... The 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 Stra- Strasser Strasser the the actual German uh, official shows up. Bogar kills him because he's trying to stop the plane from taking off with Laszlo and Ilsa in it. Uh, and Renault whoop, turns around and it's like, oh well, round up the usual suspects. Nothing <laughs> to see here. Like, which is really weird. Like, <laughs> there's a German soldier dead on the ground. He's like. Yep, that's crazy. Go round up the people we usually accuse, not the guy with the gun standing right here. <laughs> and then Don't the two mind of them walk us off. Two, yeah. the only two people standing around. <laughs> uh, I think he was just high enough in the ranks to be able to get away with shit like that. War's a crazy time. And the two of them walk off into the mist with a beautiful friendship he, on the horizon. Here's my nitpick for this movie. Mm-hmm. They're in the fucking desert. Why is there so much mist? I don't know. <laughs> Because they're in Burbank, California, so that's happening, and that was dramatic. Did you know 
That's totally a Tyler line. Did you know that the direct Curlitz, the director, is that Did right? you know? Did you know? <laughs> the director, in, in order, put mist everywhere because Hollywood studios blow. And also, and especially in the airport scene at the end, everybody was a little person because it made them look like they were farther off in the distance than they were. Really? What? Plus mist um, really was the, uh, it was a trick of the eye. Huh. Oh, just like, hey, did you know that Humphrey Bogart's actual, actually pretty short? He's under six feet. He's like five foot eight, I think. Um, and Elsa Bergman is a giant. Yeah, she's two inches taller than him, so he was standing on blocks for most of the scenes. <laughs> no way. Yeah, or sitting on like extra couch cushions, so he would just look bigger than Elsa. That's hilarious. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would look at um, Ilsa Bergman, or um, Ilsa, Ilsa, wait, what's her name? Ingrid. Ingrid Bergman, sorry. I would look at her in these in these scenes with her, her husband Laszlo, and I was like, God, look at her! She's so tall, like she's yeah. just a tall ass lady. She's Swedish. a tall ass lady. <laughs> she's a tall. That's what I meant. Sorry, this is wrong. Uh, I loved in the very beginning, like it, it had a very um, uh, 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 the movie we just watched. Uh, green, green. Is that the word you're not looking for? We just no, watched Citizen Kane. It had a very Citizen Kane feel at the beginning with like, mm. 1942, the war has just started and blah, 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 you know. And then there's like that. Sp- it's just a globe. They just filmed a globe yeah. spinning. So um, good. And, but then dry ice. So there's like a lot yeah. of fog. Around. I loved it. I loved it so much. And then they like panned in. And then there's the, you know, the Indiana Jones, like, do, 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 like the lines going across the map. And like, from occupied France all the way down to Morocco. And <laughs> yeah. I love the part where they were like, 1942, the whole world looks to America for savior salvation. <laughs> like, but they okay. remain neutral. Wonder where this movie was made. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. The heroic Americans <laughs> who show up at the very last minute to clean up. Yeah, I, I, uh, oh, so Peter Lorre, by the way, he's not a huge part of the film at all. You know, he's an integral part of the story. He's the guy that plays the, the, the low life that gets the, the tickets in the first place. Mm-hmm. Oh, Ungarte. Uh, yeah, Ugar- Ugart? U- Ugarte? 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 That sounds right. Ugarte. Peter Lorre. and meatballs. Hey, spaghetti. <laughs> <laughs> uh, joke. So me being a, a, a child of the 90s and a, a nerdy, cartoon-loving kid, um, loved Ren and Stimpy, grew up on it. I finally got to see the inspiration for Ren Howick, uh, Peter Lorre, that like, you idiot. That, um, that was him. Uh, that was the inspiration? His, yeah, he, like that voice is... That was the Ren-spiration. Ooh. Mm. Yeah, Ren was inspired off of the voice of Peter Lorre uh, by John Kay, and Stimpy was based off of Larry Fine from the Three Stooges. Oh, uh, these guys are like having a breakdown over here. Why are you laughing, Matt? <laughs> I just love how much Devin tries to pretend that he doesn't love these jokes, but then can't hide it. It's the greatest. He wants to be above it all. Yeah. <laughs> but he can't help it. He's so pleased, and it just like slowly grows on his face over time. I don't know what you're talking about, Matt. It like, initially hits him, and he's like, no, I will not laugh. And then... <laughs> <laughs> you're all delusional. But yeah, I think right here, future Tyler, I'm going to clip in Ren Howick and then Peter Lorre right next to each other. You fat, bloated idiot! You, you imbecile! You bloated idiot! You stupid fathead! You... <laughs> and I'm probably going to watch now, like, the Maltese Falcon. That might even come up on the list at some point. 
Oh yeah, that's on my list of ones I want to choose. It? Yeah, ever because yeah. we did um, uh, <laughs> the one about the water rights in California. What is what was that one? L.A. Confidential. No, uh, 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 Chinatown. Uh, Chinatown. So Chinatown is meant to be like a direct response to the Maltese Falcon. Really. And the main antagonist, like the really rich guy, is actually the director of the Maltese Falcon. <laughs> that's amazing. I think I said that in the episode. I think we did. But, yeah. yeah. But not having seen Maltese Falcon, I probably forgot about it. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I think one of us should choose that at some point. I would love to do some more. I, here's what I, I was just really interested in. I see more Peter Lorre, but yeah, I'll totally like, want to watch that movie. This anyway. movie was so uh, noir-y. Mm. Noir-y? Yeah, it was. Especially that last scene, you know? Yeah. But the whole thing, like just the fact that it's a, like like a, a neutral bar yeah. and like all walks of life are coming in. You see the different conversations happening and... I I was saying to her as we were watching it, I loved that they established um, a couple side characters early on and then kept revisiting them, like the pickpocket, the couple. Yeah. Um, it really made Casablanca feel like more lived in, that you saw these... Li- She's really just going to destroy that cable. Yeah. <laughs> That's my cat chewing the shit out of all my cabling. Anyway, I thought that was a really nice touch. I really liked that stylistically. That was a good directorial or um, screenwriter choice. Yeah, I loved when the pickpocket like actually picks that one guy's pockets while talking to him, and then turns around and bumps into a dude. Into Carl. Yeah. Yeah, by mistake, and then he's like, oh, and Carl like, checks all his pockets. <laughs> oh, okay, good. <laughs> Keeps walking. Uh, Devin just grabbed a spray bottle for my fucking cat that keeps chewing up all of our equipment. It's just for intimidation. Yeah. <laughs> she knows. Right. Yeah, she, she knows immediately now. walked away. That was crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I showed it to her and she left. I just have to reach for it now and she's like, whoop. <laughs> Devin's the bad cop parent. Oh, here she comes. Get her. Oh, Get her. here she comes. She, I have to wait for her to she actually do something bad. She'll chew you some up. cords. <laughs> Don't even have to change it. <laughs> I loved that knock on wood song near the beginning. Oh, I don't remember. No. The, like, are you unhappy? We're unhappy. Oh, yeah. How oh, unhappy? Yeah. So unhappy. Well, then knock on wood. I love that song. Say, who's got trouble? We got trouble. How much trouble? So much trouble. Well, now, don't you bow. Just knuckle down and knock on wood. Uh, yeah, a lot of a lot of the, like, tavern songs were really good mm. yeah um, i mean it was pretty obvious he wasn't playing and might not have been singing but other than that I don't he, know. it was completely obvious that he wasn't playing he was basically dusting the piano with his fingers he wasn't <laughs> even depressing the keys i didn't even notice <laughs> <laughs> yeah so did you guys catch that no one ever said play it again sam oh no really people said play it sam or just play it no one ever said the line play it again sam is I've that never... a line that people know that's a line that everyone says. You know, oh. you hear it a whole bunch. Play it again, Sam. But that's never said in the movie. I didn't verbatim, know this. anyway. Although I did, so I looked up. I was interested in Max Steiner. I I knew I'd seen that name somewhere, and not only did he score King Kong, but everyone's favorite from syndication, Gone with the Wind. Yeah. Oh, I love that movie hey. so much. It's so good. Tyler Pick. Tyler Pick. <laughs> Classic Tyler Pick. But I recognize the name, I think, from the credits of Gone with the Wind. And so Max Steiner was, like, a really amazing composer in this, like, Viennese, like, film scoring coming from operetta tradition. So operetta is sung numbers, but with uh, lots of dialogue. 
So he really came from a, a pretty knowledgeable intellectual tradition of composition. But the one song that everybody knows... Why are you laughing at me? Not at you. <laughs> the one song that everybody knows from this film is As Time Goes By, which he definitely did not write, and it really pissed him off. Yeah, he wanted to have an original song yeah. that he created for the movie, but it's like, yeah, but everyone loves this song. But everyone likes this other <laughs> song that this other guy wrote in the 30s, so fuck off. Yeah. That would piss me off, but too. But it is such a great song. Poor Sam. They're like, play the song. He's like, I don't I don't know how to do it. Do it, <laughs> well, do I think it he was, I think he was lying. He knows how to play the song. He just didn't want to because he knew the significance of it. Yeah, but, well, to be fair, like that one part where he was like, my hair is curly and my teeth are pearly. I was, was like, good. oh, rough. That does not age well. It seemed it, I. It felt weird to me that there was basically like, it was not a minstrel show in the sense of blackface, mm-hmm. but like the only black or really a, a, a character of any color in the movie is like just there to entertain them and is very subservient to everybody. Oh, yeah. Like that's definitely like a thing that's happening in the yeah. movie. Thinking is just, I'm so tired. Uh, can you just think for all of us? Just me? Tell, you right. just tell me what to think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was telling you what I thought based off of what you thought. No, that's that's what uh, Ilsa said at one point. Did she? Yeah. Uh, portrayal oh, yeah, of women th- in this movie, also very problematic. <laughs> oh, yeah. She says you'll have to do the thinking for all of us. That's yes. right. I mean, I think, as the woman in the room, I think... <laughs> not so you're just, so prepared I'm to speak for I'm, all women, right? I, I can speak for all women. I have many female friends. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can speak for them, too. See, I have a mother. I and, have a uh, <laughs> You're a blood relative of one. <laughs> right. I do think it is problematic that her woman. that her biggest function was like, which man do I sleep with? You know, basically in the movie. But yeah. I I do think that there were as with all the characters, I I, I guess I saw it, it part of it, it was in the scene when she came to Rick's house and he was like, How did you get in? She was like, The window or whatever. She like she like appeared in the room and the curtain was blowing behind her. She said there were stairs, right? Oh, there were stairs by the street. She did a reverse Batman. I'm Batwoman. <laughs> oh, we both said the same joke at the same time. Ew. Up top. <laughs> you got a seal in the freshness. Oh, can you say that for the oh, listeners? For high five. Give oh, it. so high five and then seal and then snap to seal in the freshness. I like Boom. it. I like it. Did you come up with that or is it like a thing? podcast five? It's from Scrubs. <laughs> is it? Like most funny things I say. Oh, that's like me and It's Always Sunny. It's a known thing on the show now. For avid listeners of the Syndication Podcast, you'll know that I have a deep love for It's Always Sunny. What is your cat's it's name, Tyler? <laughs> My cat's name is Sweet Jander Reynolds Young. <laughs> um, but I, I thought it was in that scene with when she went to Rick's place and you know, they were saying all this crap to each other and she said some pretty upsetting things. Or No, it, and then it was in the, the flashback montage to Paris where, mm-hmm. are those cannons or is it just my heart beating? <laughs> oh my. It was so a, it was good. A so good. <laughs> but, I mean, she did say some pretty ridiculous things, but each character had that, right? Rick was kind of the, you know, the salty, you know, misogynistic hero who doesn't have loyalties to anyone, but then turned out to be a sentimentalist. And it looks like Ilsa was just this, like, lady who's, you know, attached to men, but she thought her husband was dead in a concentration camp and then felt lonely and, you know, you know, like, everyone's a little more complicated. So I think yeah. she was portrayed... There was a little redemption for her after she revealed that she thought her husband was dead. So mm-hmm. 
I had that same thing. I was watching like, oh, what's her deal? What's she doing? And then yeah. when she describes what actually happened, like that makes total sense. Like she thought her husband was dead. She thought, thought she her was husband, a widow. yeah, and just found a new dude who she was into, and then realized like, oh shit, he's not dead. <laughs> <laughs> credit, credit where credits due. I like we we were literally we were watching the movie, and she was like, I'm I'm really liking this, and I was like, I don't know. It's really hard for me to get invested in a romantic uh, relationship that was built on infidelity. And she was like, well, you don't know. He, She could have thought he was dead or something. And literally like three minutes later, oh. she was like, I thought he was dead. Well, you, like, you got scratched in the back of your head like, oh, you got validated <laughs> so good. It's on the wrong side of history in that one. I thought there was, I, I, so when I watched the movie, I really thought I was going to love it because there is, you do, it's so easy to get invested in these characters. But then the plot is pretty airtight. I mean, there are like some really great twists. Yeah. Characters come back and are involved. Like there aren't, it's, it's a very neatly made and neatly told story. I will say that the writing for me was a little clumsy and, and maybe it was the delivery of the lines, but I, I like ham fisted. Yeah. It was kind of ham fisted and yeah. awkward. And I like the canon heartbeat thing. Like yeah. that's a perfect example. Of, very dramatic. I mean, there's, yeah. there's, there's a way you could say that line. I, I, but I'm not sure if it's the actor's fault or the line's fault. I'm not really sure. Or if there could have been a better, like, or not a better, but a different way to use the, the cinematography in that moment to make it different or, or make it more profound. But I did read, that the actors were given their lines like the day of what? filming <laughs> really? each scene. What? So even so Ingrid Bergman, when she decided to take this role, did not, nobody knew how it was going to end, whether she was going to end up on, they knew somebody was going to end up on a plane with her and she was going to go away with them, but they didn't know which leading man it was going to uh-huh. be. So, cause I remember they would do these extreme close-ups of her face with like, and it would look like perfect and misty. And like, all I could see was like how shiny her eyes were. And I was like, why do they keep doing that? And I was just wondering, like, why does she look so confused? And I wonder if she looks confused because she literally didn't know what the fuck was going to happen. <laughs> she was like, what's my character. motivation here? Because. Yeah. And maybe as an actor, you don't want to give that away. But I think as, you know, as someone who does try to take on a character, you know what's going to happen and you don't give it away. But you sort of know where you are in the journey and like how mm. much to give and how much to reveal and maybe how. Not. I mean, I don't know. As an actor, I think that must have been a really huge would it be better Challenge. to wouldn't it be better to know the history of a character but not where they're going to go because you don't want because the character wouldn't know their own future, right? Well, but the issue is most films aren't filmed uh, sequentially or right. chronologically, right? Like the for, first film, the first scene that they filmed was actually the pair scenes when they're like already madly in love and so like mm. Like that right after the, like first day of filming, they're like, "Hey, so we're like madly in love, I guess." Quick, you know? get some chemistry going. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It did seem awfully stilted until they were in, until they were in the, um, they were in the, someone's apartment and she was standing up. Oh, and she said a Frank for your thoughts. Mm. That was the only time where I was believing them as a couple in that whole montage. Honestly, through the whole movie, I didn't really feel a real connection between the two of them. Oh, really? Yeah. It didn't really feel believable to me. I thought Laszlo was a, was a much more, like, I see what you see in him. Yeah. Yeah. Rick just kind of seems like misogynistic and patronizing yeah like yeah. it seemed really and significantly older <laughs> yeah that too yeah i mean she did end up with laszlo at the end so i guess it kind of makes sense right the, not by her choice <laughs> uh, that's fair <laughs> which by the way poor fucking laszlo dude takes his wife having an affair 
like a champ, <laughs> right? Like super enlightened it's guy. Not, she thought he was dead. Yeah, I know. it's not really an affair. No, 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 though. Just, he took it really well. He was very understanding. And now he gets to spend the rest of his life with a woman who didn't want to spend it with him but got tricked into it by the guy the that she did choose. That's true, because she was totally ready to abandon him. She argued with him at the airport. He wasn't like so. <laughs> so you think like the plane, like they leave, and then like you know Bogart watches the plane fly off, and then they like they don't do it, but like they cut to the plane, and then there's like silence for a while. Like, we made it. Awkward. Silence. We made it, baby. <laughs> hey, so what was that conversation that you were having with like Rick? They should do a recut. Why were you crying great. into yeah. his shoulder? That was so weird. What? They should do one of those narratages from Citizen mm-hmm. Kane of them slowly growing distant and splitting up over the next two years. It shows them like eating dinner together, like 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 next to each other and like almost like, you know like touching and stuff, and then like slowly over time they're getting far th- farther apart from the table. Split screened with Rick and Renault slowly becoming closer over time, <laughs> and they and become eventually lovers. becoming an adorable homosexual couple. Uh, oh my god, I would love to see Humphrey Bogart and a homosexual Humphrey couple. Humphrey Bogart, am I right? ooh. Humphrey Bogart walks in and says, it's time to rebone. <laughs> no, babe. Humphrey. Go- Humphrey uh, Bogart. literally just said that. I know. Okay. I was taking your joke and adding it to mine. Nah. I was just repeating your time joke because it was great. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Humphrey Bogart. It, so I guess I, I want to go back to. Stop it. Stop making the sex jokes. <laughs> this is the number two film on the AFI list. Really? Starring yeah. Humphrey Bogart. Oh. <laughs> of course it fucking is. You know what number four is? What? Gone with the Wind. Uh, is it really that number high? Number one up? is Citizen Kane. Why? Where do they get get this information from? Who, I mean, who makes these decisions? The American Film Institute. <laughs> yeah. They're kind of, I guess maybe we could consider them an authority. I actually prefer the international one. I forget what it's called right now. The IFD or something. Mm, I don't know. Yeah. It's good. It's better. I, I defer to my own brain. I don't listen to any any people or any lists. That's right. Because you're the sanest person you know. Exactly. Everyone else is crazy. <laughs> I do think that. So I was I was doing I was really fascinated with this because in watching this directly after two thousand one, a space odyssey, it was. Um, what are you doing? <laughs> I get distracted when you do this. Yeah, right? It's distracting, isn't it? Are you trying to get... Do you mean to speak more into the the microphone? Is that what you want? It's distracting, isn't it? We're having a a, a visual Why are you making visual contact with Devin? (laughs) Because my silent conversation is with him and does not concern (laughs) you. I'm saying things. You have to look at me. Important things. Marriage. (laughs) It's the first rule. It's the first rule of marriage. Devin knows. Okay, don't look at me. It's creepy. I was just. <laughs> so, Jackie, what were you saying? I hate him. He won't stop looking at me. His mask making weird faces. Ask him to. This is not my fault. <laughs> I was just thinking. Look how enraptured he is. <laughs> I was thinking that this was a really good film to watch after 2001 A Space Odyssey because I was sort of wondering why things seemed so. Not quite generic, but thrown together in this movie. I, I, you know, there's sets and it could all just be kind of for one thing or another. And I, I don't know. There was something that wasn't quite um, uh, bespoke about it. And I was in, in researching this, apparently in like Golden Age Hollywood Studios, they, the, 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 the uh, studio execs would say, you have this much money, you have this much time, you have these people. 
um, good luck. <laughs> and there was just no flexibility on how the resources, particularly regarding um, time, was. Um, I think there was some some flexibility and some say that the director had in terms of the um, who scored the movie and the cast, but everything else was sort of dictated. There was no team. There was no um, autorship. There was nothing like that. Hmm. So yep. to watch this after after watching 2001 a space odyssey i mean you can just and obviously there's decades of of time in between but i mean only like 30 years so i mean it's 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 insane it's insane to see how what what how different can the product be when the director is overseeing things but not running the show so i've talked about this a few times and i'm only learning this from just doing this podcast a while now watching these movies and looking them up the what you're talking about is basically like the total control of the um, like the distributors like MGM or, mm-hmm. or Warner Brothers like they made the movies back in the day and in, in this you know quote unquote golden right. age, um, which is quickly becoming my least favorite age of film. Like I, <laughs> other than the early 2000s, this is probably like my my least favorite that I'm that I'm seeing. Why um, is that? Because it feels very produced by America that I don't like. Yeah, it feels very like plasticky. Like, yeah. You know. Like, I don't like Humphrey Bogart. I think he's a dick. You know, I'm sure he's an awful person in real life. And in, as his character, I'm like, I can see why he's the cool guy of the 40s. You know, like, I can see why people liked him. But like, me personally, I'm like, ah, this, I don't, it's nothing about him that I really like connect with or care about, you know. But then you get people like, uh, you know, like Al Pacino in the 60s when all the characters he played were like troubled people with like a lot of color and character and did bad things and good things and had actual redemption where like Humphrey Bogart's just like badass the whole time and we're like hanging on to his every word because the film decided to. What are you talking about the auteurs? Like that was new Hollywood in the 60s and 70s where like the filmmakers made the film and had the final say. And the, and the you know, producer or the, the distributors just distributed they're like okay here's a movie that you guys made we're gonna pick it up and sell it you know instead of like we want you to make this movie do it and they hire the director and the writers to fit whatever they wanted you know what's interesting is i think in a lot of ways we're actually moving back in the other direction yep like you look at marvel studios and like they pitch like or not pitch but they throw out any director that doesn't fit their vision right like uh uh what's his face in ant-man Oh, yeah. Um, um, right. Uh, Edgar Wright. Edgar Wright, yeah. I think there's a Ooh. good and bad thing to that, though. You know? Because, like, if you're Marvel Studios, and you're like, hey, we have this, like, this comic line that's been going on for decades and decades, and people love them for a reason, you know? And then any Marvel movie that was coming out wasn't really doing any of the comics justice. So, like, okay, let's just make our own studio and make our own films based on the comics that we have made. And so when they come out with, they're not directors though, but they do know their own line of stories. And they're like, we want it to be like the product that people love, but yeah. on screen. Everybody says Kevin Feige is the most important thing in the Marvel movies, right? And he's yeah. he's like the executive producer of the whole shebang. So there's a good and bad side. Like the good thing is they have tight controls. So you don't get like just movies produced to like check off boxes and stuff according to just bloated you know movie studios you get it from marvel studios who know marvel comics so like you get that kind of like quality brands and you know it's gonna be a-okay and good for marvel but then on the other side you it becomes stale after a while because you Mm. don't have interesting voices coming in and like making interesting things to say 
But then, so like, I liked it at first, and then I got really bored with it. But then, like, Taika Waititi comes out and does like say, yeah. Thor and like rocks it. Uh, and then the voice. Guardians of the Galaxy guy. Um, oh yeah, Sean, James Gunn. Sean, James Gunn. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, so I think they do an interesting thing where they experiment with a diversity of voices outside of like, like you'll never see an Avengers film, like a tentpole film, taken on by Taika Waititi. I, I would hazard a guess. Right, it's going to be like the Russos or um, uh, 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 Happy. What's his name? Fucking ha- Happy. He plays Happy. In, oh yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, fuck. What is his name? I keep thinking Vince Vaughn, but no, it's because I'm going because back. of Swingers. Yeah, I'm going back to Swingers. So I'm like <laughs> Vince Vaughn. Nope. Uh, God damn it. The other dude. The guy. <laughs> yeah. Happy, you know, he does all the films. Did all did all the Iron Man films. I know your name, guy. If you're listening, I just can't think of my head. If he's listening, <laughs> yeah, of course. Also did Chef, and now he has a show on Netflix oh, where he yeah. just talks to chefs. What's his really? name? Yeah. No one knows. He was great. Hold on. I do think I I will disagree on one aspect. I do think that has I mean hamfisted. I think is a great word for some of the execution in these golden age movies. But I, I, I thought that Rick did have real redemption at the end. Unfortunately, he had to use, what, what is it? Uh, I should know this. It's John Favreau. Thank you, mm. John Favreau. I will say that it wasn't, there wasn't a, like a self-actualization of Rick. There wasn't like this amazing inner journey that we saw. And unfortunately, um, uh, Ilsa was sort of like, the tool he used to I don't like that the one female character of consequence used was used for his redemption right you know he had to show how noble he was by sacrificing you know his relationship with her Mm. but I I did think that he grew I mean he you know sat down and had a drink you know he he sacrificed his neutrality his you know he didn't stick his neck out for anyone and then he really did in a way that but I, I I sort of think that the the way that that story was told is not necessarily the actor's fault but that you know, in the same way that Al Pacino was this like rough, you know, uh, you know, character that was his type. I think Humphrey Bogart had the same sort of sort of um, what do you call it? The same. He played the same kind of role over and over again. Typecast. He was yeah. typecast. Yeah. And that was sort of his quote unquote brand in the same way that I mean, but that's like a that's a that's a way of making film. Yeah. But sure. I, I still think that this this film probably wasn't meant to be successful it was probably meant to be like another box office hit but you know everyone who made the film all the actors and everybody yeah. thought it was going to be really they thought it was just gonna be another hollywood film that people just saw and went like that yeah, was cool and then that's it did you know if it was successful like at its premiere i don't know initially it was pretty successful but not like, like commercially successful like financially yeah it was maybe not critically no it was like critically it was but it just wasn't so much so that like it, that they wouldn't have predicted how big it would become I see. when it first came out. I was like, yeah, that was a good film. Like everyone liked it. It was good. And it made a lot of money, but then it wasn't until like, you know, over the decades we were like, you know, that movie was incredible. And like, and people started quoting it and using it in other films and yeah. it became part of the zeitgeist, you know, I felt but not I, initially, not initially. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I would hazard a guess that it, they probably, I would, and, and it sounds like that's correct that they didn't think it was going to be a big deal when they were making it. Um, but it wasn't like a 2001 um, where like it was hated for the most part sure, when it came out sure. or like really divisive, I should say, sure. and then became a cult classic. Same thing with like Blade Runner. Mm. Um, this one was just kind of like, yeah, She's it was never sort of... seen Blade Runner. I've never seen Blade Runner. 
you might like it. I don't okay. know. I don't know if you will it's though. It's so good though. Oh, it's a it's an amazing movie. I really had fun watching it, but I don't know. Like I don't know. You you may like it, but I I don't think you will. Nah, you wouldn't. You'd hate it. <laughs> you think so? Yeah. <laughs> it's too slow. It's sci-fi, which turns her off. And it's not it's not heavy into like personal relationships or, or personalities or anything. It's, it's all even... phil- philosophical. That's what it's, it's, it's a lot like two thousand one. Yeah, actually. I'm yeah. trying to think <laughs> of an example of a sci-fi movie that I, I the thing is I really do like sci-fi as a genre. I used to be really into Ursula K. Le Guin in college. All of those dystopian, utopian kind of uh, all that all of that kind of literature. Nineteen eighty four kind of stuff. Yeah, nineteen eighty four, all that all that stuff I really do like, but I don't know. There's something when sci-fi is about aliens or tech, like I'm just automatic as like as like a way of telling well, a those story. Are just, those are just tools to that. tell the the story. You know, my favorite thing about sci-fi is I know we're not even talking about <laughs> <laughs> bonus material. Yeah, we're bonus still stuff. talking about 2001: A Space Odyssey yeah, I, because I, could, I was wrong. It's a good film. <laughs> no, you're not wrong. You can hate it. You know, like I, I should have given it a higher score. Spoiler alert: This is an amazing film that I didn't really. It didn't hit me. I don't really care much about. Yeah, I don't even think this is an amazing film. You don't think so? No. Oh, really? No. Ooh, should we just get into it then? Let's in the get ratings? into it. I'm I'm good with it. Or actually, I have a couple questions. Sure. Yes. What did you guys think about his mysterious past that they never, who's ever talked about? Like his gun running days and stuff. Why wasn't there no, a no, montage said, for that? They said he couldn't go back to America for vague reasons. Oh. I Rick would like couldn't? to know more about that. Yeah. Yeah. I thought I was really disappointed. <laughs> I mean, a part of me really respects leaving things rocks unturned. Yeah. Uh, but another part of me wants to know what the fuck that was about. I feel the same way about movies with ambiguous endings where I'm like, okay, I get the artistry here and I get you want people to talk about it. But what the fuck happens? Just, <laughs> just tell me. You're telling a story here. Especially when they're going to spend yeah. all that time on the love story montage where yeah. the character is only introduced a third of the way through the film. Mm. <laughs> yeah. My, I have two questions. I, I did like this movie, but I have two questions. Number one, why is everybody rich? Especially like if you're uh, uh, like Are a... Like a... Huh? Refugee? Pretty much everybody's well, except for like the one couple that you know the wife approaches Rick and she's like, "Eh, Renault said I had to sleep with them, but like obliquely, um, everybody's rich. Like, why is this like political refugee so fucking rich? Where is he getting all his fucking money from? Gambling, gambling. Is it is it just gambling? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, everybody was rich. And you can, I didn't get so that there was that also that one scene where he like they show how much sway he has over all of the things that are happening in the bar. So like you know that refugee couple. They mm. were trying to gamble for, for enough money to the fucking leave. Mm. <laughs> he sits up behind him. He's like, bet on 22. Fine. And he's like, uh, okay. And he's like, 22 wins. He's like, let it ride. And he said 22 before, wins. Right? Cash out and leave. And 22 doesn't win because that's where he's making his money. Like, he can just yeah, sway the table to rigged. be in his favor or not. I guess. All he right. said that before because he lets Renault win, right? Or Renault said, you that only too. like me because I let you win it. And everybody in town knows his name. Like they show him like out in the market, and you know Ilsa's trying to buy something. He's like five hundred francs. Oh, no, no, and I then, was oh you're friends with Rick. Two hundred francs. I was talking about Laszlo. Why is he rich? Is it because of gambling? He's not rich. He's uh, trying to buy exit visas, and he's not rich. He has a he has a fortune. They say that oh, that he do? has a okay. fortune that he's willing to play for pay for the papers. Uh, maybe just born into it. Uh, maybe. I assumed it was just like people from the European underground. Had scraped together enough money to like sponsor him to get out. Could be that mm. too. Could be that. My other question is why, when everybody has a gun, they're only like holding it at belly button. Level. I was thinking that too. <laughs> so weird. It's like you and know, because no in movies, they're always holding it out like right in front of their faces with their arms totally straight out. I'm doing discreet. that right now. 
Um, but now they're just being discreet. You can barely, like, you're like, is that Maybe, a gun? I think it's, it's the rule so of tiny. Cool. I'm being discreet. <laughs> hey, Hopefully now I'm there's being discreet, okay? no kickback at all on those. <laughs> there's no kickback, <laughs> and there's also no bullet wounds or blood ever. Yeah. Correct. Everyone just kind of, uh, yeah. And then when dies. Strasser died and then just like melted, holding his breath <laughs> down to the It was so great. I thought it was so silly. <laughs> Or that first guy in the very beginning who gets shot in the back. He's like, ooh, they show nothing. And then he just falls over and still nothing. And There's not even got a the hole in his clothes or anything. Nothing, yeah. Is it more important, I wonder, in some scenes where, like I know at least in opera in the 70s, it was about things are happening, the music is good, and and you don't need someone to look like they're dying in order like the important thing like the, is that the they music were, is, is star, that they died, right? right? But in, in opera now, it has to look real. And then the, the fight director is going to come and show you how it looks and you're gonna have to fire a gun with fake bullets so you know how it feels to shoot a gun and like it has to look Ooh. real and the music has to be good too and i'm sort of wondering in the 40s where like it doesn't matter if the actor who's playing major strasser knows how to die it's just important he dead now and now next <laughs> do you know what i mean like it's more about plot than it is you about know? that kind of thing yeah it's funny because like again my nerd brain just like all i can draw parallels to is like marvel right so like I'll go back to comics <laughs> Where it's like back in the day, it was just like, oh, they got powers from cosmic radiation. Not important. Stop asking like, questions. Like radiation was the name of the game back in the day. Like, oh, it was a gamma bomb. Oh, it was cosmic radiation. Oh, you got bit by a radioactive spider. And eh. I mean, it's no mistake that all of that was happening during the Cold War mm. when right. like nuclear threat was. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, the Red Scare was huge at the yeah. time. Don't worry, yeah. kids. You'll get superpowers. <laughs> Don't worry. But if you hide under your desk, you'll be fine. <laughs> uh, so, but but then you know. Because people were just interested in like a fantastical story like that. But then over time, people were like, okay, yeah, so fantastical stories, they've been done for decades. How did it happen? Like people just want more. So they have to go like, oh, and they dive into. So like classic example is, um, you know, like the Flash, right? He got his powers originally from uh, a lightning strike hit a bunch of chemicals in a lab and then he got powers. But then like everybody's like, okay, what kind of chemicals? Why did electricity <laughs> do that? So then they eventually over time we're like oh um so what it is is this speed force is this like ethereal kind of like plane that you can come from and they had to just keep iterating and iterating and making it more specific because people just get blunted to just a eh, guy got you know someone got powers and then they're great you know people want more so like yeah yeah someone got shot like okay we've seen someone get shot a million times but now we're like what does it look like? What, you know, right. how's a gun go off? How heavy is it? You know, it's more of an emphasis on like the individual and like with tech evolving, maybe it's, it has to look real because we can make it look more real because we can. And people have seen people get shot a million times or whatever, like the right. name a thing. And it's just like, they've seen it in film a, a bunch of times. So like someone dying isn't very interesting anymore, but someone dying in a specific way or seeing it for shock value is more interesting, you know? So because people you just, can do it. Yeah. It's yeah. like, what is real? What is film? I mean, maybe they should be look, look as, 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 as much like the other is, as possible. So I think the same thing with the opera, like, okay, so we've, we've seen someone get shot a bunch of times, but like now that we have all these props that we can use and all this type of like, you know, stage wizardry, like why don't we use them and like be better than the competition? Right? Yeah. I mean, when I was, um, just starting off at my last job at an opera house, they had us all fire different guns so we knew how it would feel with like blanks in them. That's awesome. And so we I did a, a rifle and like a pistol and then the best one was a semi-automatic because it was terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know how it feels and you know how like what the weight is in your hand and I was sort of wondering what must these actors have been thinking in this movie because 
as an actor myself, you know, you always think about like, what did this person maybe grow up with and what do these places look like? And, and whether or not it's the set in front of you, you have to have like, I, at least I do, I try to have really specific ideas and motivations about why I'm doing whatever I'm doing, whatever I'm supposed to be doing. Oh, do you ever have an actor's secret? An actor's secret? Yeah, Sometimes like I do, yeah, because yeah? like you never know what it's like I don't, I don't know what it's like to kill somebody because I've never committed murder, but I Good. do know what it's like. Good, that's great. <laughs> yeah, glad to know. <laughs> I do know what it's like to be so angry. I want to kill. Like the only thing I want to do is kill somebody. And that I always ask myself, like, it's as if I'm blah, blah, blah. Even if I, so if I don't know what it's like to do that thing, I can at least try to get a little closer to it emotionally. Um, and that usually, that helps me a lot as an mm. actor. But in this, in this movie, you don't know what's coming next and you don't know kind of what the arc is. Is it, is it just sort of trying to, you know, you can't put yourself in the emotional space because you're getting the fucking lines that morning. You can't live a little bit and then, you know, try to create similar settings or places or environments. So that's not going to work. The whole method thing is out. So you just sort of try to do whatever feels most honest in the moment based on what you have. Like, what do you do? See, I don't seems, know how you, what's the technique there? So that seems more honest to me. If you know the history, but not what's going to happen next, if you're getting the lines that day, yeah. then you're reacting naturally as if the character would. But so you use the history to inform this now new shock of learning the thing that your character's learning too. Like, but then what if, what if the care, what if Ingrid Bergman got the, you know, they filmed the scene where she reveals that or she thought her husband was dead you know, bef like after she finds that information out after oh. she, do you know what I mean? And then, so at the that's end history of, that she's learned. right. And at the, the end of the Paris scene, she looks confused, but I don't see, I don't see for her like a specificity about it. I see someone saying you need to look confused and conflicted. And so she does, but I don't see something specific. I don't see her thinking about something specific. Yeah. And that just is a small quibble for me, but I wonder had she had that bit of information when that scene was, when that love montage in Paris with Rick was filmed, I wonder if it could have offered more richness. Like that's, that's the sort of thing where like the character would know that she, that her, she had just gotten word that her husband was back. You yeah. know, I, I don't know. Like I, I'm, it, there was a specificity that I really wanted that I don't think is the actor's fault. Yeah. Hey, so we're going to jump into ratings before that. We need Rating. to take a quick break because I'm really out to use the bathroom. <laughs> really, really bad. Good work. I, do you, do you guys think that Tyler shakes one, two, or ten times? Ten, at least. Ten. So he's the a only ten shaker. That's it. That's it. I shake a whole lot. <laughs> uh, the audience probably didn't hear that, but as he walked into the bathroom and didn't lock the door, Tyler said, I shake a whole lot. <laughs> Boing. Was that ten? No. It was close. It was a lot of oings. <laughs> You're not very talkative this episode, Devin. Yeah, Devin, say something while Tyler's gone. I don't really have a lot to say about this one. Why? It was okay. Mm. <laughs> we both thought Humphrey Bogart was an uggo. Do you agree? Yeah, why was he known as such a handsome man? He's ugly as shit. Yeah, the other guy I thought was uh, way, better, way better, looking. better looking. Yeah. We agree. Ingrid Bergman, super pretty. That's that's That holds up. Don't eat the mic, babe. Gross. That's in my house, Matt. <laughs> yeah, but I'm the only one that uses it. Yeah, but... Boing. <laughs> I'm not doing it. Boing. That was a good one. Ooh, that was a good one. Can you do it? Can you do the boing? I can, I'm really bad at it. Boing. <laughs> 
Don't move your jaw. Oh, babe. Have you guys ever seen The Dark Crystal? No. So Netflix is Netflix is doing a prequel series that comes out soon. It's a with puppets. With puppets. Fuck you! It's it looks January. amazing. And <laughs> I had never seen the original, but it is on Netflix, and so yeah. I was watching it today. The original is. Yeah. I heard it's scary. Well, it's creepy. You're such oh, a baby. It's so great because it's Jim Henson it. being the most Jim Henson he can baby. be, and he's like Jim Henson and Frank Oz. Yeah. Just in one perfect marriage, <laughs> and and like with no restraints they're just like okay man you've done amazing things with like sesame street and the muppets and all that like do your thing and he's like go dark i want it yeah he's like i want to do this crazy ass movie it's all puppets just so here's the weird thing now that now that i'm running a D campaign for you guys i see everything through D lenses mm-hmm. um and like i see i see it as a D as a homebrew D D setting that <laughs> He's like setting up different, like each act is a separate adventure. It's crazy how, like, I don't know how to explain it, but it really changes the way you look at stories. Yeah, I bet it does because you are effectively our storyteller. Yeah, yeah. I like I was with improv characters that you can't write for. (laughs) When when I was uh, when I was watching uh, this movie, actually, it struck me. I was like, there's so little happening in the plot of this movie i think that's what lost are you insane it is such a a small premise what they have papers people want papers there is history that's it people leave people leave it was pretty entire movie everything was was, uh, almost like what happened in 2001 a space odyssey but this is what i'm talking about is that what i've learned is that you can do so much with so little premise. That's what 2001 was. This yeah. seems like it was like entirely exposition and then like a couple things happened in it. No, it was a it was definitely a crime war. This thriller. was almost the opposite of romance. 2001 in Space mm. Odyssey. It was. It truly was. Like a polar opposite. So, that being said, let's go with Devin. What did you what do you think of the movie? What's your rating? Devin. 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 So, I liked I liked the movie. I thought it it was it, it was just okay though yeah i, I don't i don't know I, it didn't really do a whole lot for me um it felt uh kind of unmemorable if that makes sense like i uh, like maybe for you <laughs> <laughs> i don't i don't really feel like i have a lot of a lot of things to say about it right it didn't it, it wasn't um it didn't feel that special in one way or another it wasn't bad i liked some of the characters i thought the plot was pretty neat and tidy i thought it was uh fairly well executed um i didn't think any of the acting was egregious you know it was it was just it was just okay um but yeah it didn't it didn't really do do a lot it didn't push any boundaries for me yeah. you know uh i i give it probably like a six wow okay no so just to get out of the way i'm gonna go next because my review is almost exactly the same again for mm. two for two episodes in a hey. row. <laughs> Where I watch this movie going like, this is a good film. This is well done. And I'm glad I'm watching it. I'm getting a whole lot of history because I kept literally stopping it and reading up on history to figure out what the hell is going on and like why everything that's happening matters, you know, why people care. Uh <sighs> And, you know, like it was well written, it was well acted, it was mm-hmm. well filmed, it was, the sets were really cool, 
I, I love what was like happening. It was an interesting story kind of. It just in execution and my personal taste, like I just didn't like it very much. Like it was yeah. okay. I didn't hate it. You know, I've definitely we've seen worse movies. Uh, <laughs> Gone with the Friday. Wind. Oh yeah. <laughs> I almost had a better time watching Friday than this. You know, I can't remember what I gave Friday, but like I almost want to get this like around the same score, but for opposite reasons. Where I'm like, Friday's a bad movie that I enjoyed. This is a great movie. I didn't really enjoy it very much. <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to give it a six. I, I had six in my head before we even came in here, so, yeah. Is it my turn? I think don't Chooser normally goes last. Is that how we do it? I never I, had a... I think <laughs> I think Chooser normally goes first, but oh. we're past that point. I'll go it. third. It's almost the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's basically the same. I'm going to give this an eight. Okay, that's pretty good. Um, I really like the scoring. I like the music. I liked how it made me feel. I thought the film was well made. Um, couple of quibbles, um, but I, I thought it was a well made film. And I, I just, it made me think about context. And I, I appreciate that when you don't have the things that you need to make a piece of art, how do you still make it and and say something? And I, I, I don't know. That really made me think about my job and, and you know, what I like. And it made me think a lot. So, um, and I think that's a part of my score as well. So I'm going to give it an eight. So, sorry, I know I just did my review. But like, this movie was like, this movie was entirely talking about things that I would rather see happen, right? They're talking about better movies, the entire movie. Like this thing happened in the past. Things this thing is happening overseas. This thing is about to happen. We need to get worried about this thing that's going to happen. Mm. They're always talking about a movie I'd rather see instead of the one I'm actually watching. Mm. You know, because the movie I'm seeing is just like this love triangle with some you know with a MacGuffin in it, and that's kind of it. You know, which which isn't necessarily a bad thing. You know, look at like Fury Road, which is like you know super plot light, but it just in actually the whole movie is action and like things happening through the entire movie with almost no dialogue very little dialogue and just mostly just stuff happening which i appreciate more than just people sitting around talking about interesting things i'm not seeing you know but sorry go ahead i think this was a good movie i don't think it was a great movie i think it's really overhyped uh having seen it now i thought the lighting and uh cinematography were pretty good thought the acting was atrocious really the writing <laughs> was atrocious um plot was decent so i've been to morocco me too uh have you really i have oh on the sub oh. no really before the sub yeah Just for with funsies my, with my grandmother for funsies yeah hmm. oh, uh, where'd you go i went to marrakesh uh god we were, we were just like right around like the the Strait of Gibraltar. We didn't go very far south. Mm. Um, I can't remember the name of the actual town. Uh, where's the Casbah? We saw the Casbah. Yeah, rock the Casbah. Yeah, we rocked it. <laughs> Except it was closed, so we just looked outside and went, "Oh, there's the Casbah." <laughs> <laughs> so I was also kind of annoyed by how, I mean, this is like a super SJW point of view. So like, you know, take it as you will. But like, it annoyed me how whitewashed this film set in Morocco was. <laughs> Yeah. Um, it was all inside his bar, uh, and everybody was white. And I was just like, what's happening here? <laughs> right. Um, like, the only fez you saw was on the white dude's head. <laughs> right, yeah. I don't, you know, like, there are a lot of really quotable moments. It's obviously a part of film history, but I don't really understand why. I think I really like the premise. 
yeah. right? Like I like the idea of this World War Two North Africa purgatory. Yeah. Where everybody gets stuck and nobody can get out. That's a really compelling premise. And the me. bar itself and who runs it is really interesting. Um, I just wish that they had done more with it. Like I didn't even mind that there was a love triangle against the the sort of backdrop of all these other things. I just minded that it wasn't I, I think I wanted a little bit more like background turmoil. You didn't really get that. Um yeah. like have you guys ever seen uh Itumama Tambien? I've wanted to. I have not. It's really good. Yeah. Um, I think it's one of uh, what's his face's early films. The guy who did Gravity. Oh, no. oh uh, such the sea. Yeah. If you said it, I know it. He also did Children of Men. That movie. And yeah. gra- I love Gravity too, actually. But Children of Men, like, I think that was the start of me really appreciating movies for the first time. Yeah. You know, it was like really early twenties, late 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 teens. And that I was actually. Jackie and I were in high school, so we went to high school together, for those who don't know. Um, <laughs> and we were, <laughs> we were just friends at the time. And I remember specifically, like, it was our senior year, and we were about to go to college. And I was I had gotten into film, like, earlier in the year, but mm-hmm. I was, like, really pretentious about it because I was a high schooler. <laughs> you know. <laughs> ex- extremely pretentious about it. Believe it or not, my pretension has decreased over the years. No, I believe it. They love I think It was very Lovecraftian. You've been hanging out with me too long. <laughs> and that was like, she. I remember she came to me and was like, hey, I want to get more into film. What are some of the things I should watch? Quaron. Quaron, that's his, yes. Yeah, that's his name. Um, and uh, uh, so in that film, it is about two young boys traveling with like uh, a like late 30s woman um, and like the sexual tension and competition mm. between the three of them. Um, but what's interesting about it is sort of in between the character scenes, there are all these scenes of like unrest growing in Mexico. Like it's set against a, a historical backdrop. But you're seeing it. You see it, but it's always in the background and it's never commented on. And it's like, yeah. it's the growing unrest in their relationship, in their car, set against the backdrop of the growing unrest in Mexico. So a and great it, example of show, but don't tell. Right, exactly. It's beautiful. It's fantastic. I highly recommend seeing it. Um, and I would have liked to have seen more of that, of them yeah. traveling through the city. like the, So the stuff at the beginning where they were like shooting the usual suspects and like rounding people up, I wish they had sort of put more of that. Mm. I think it's why I liked the minor characters that they kept coming back to. I loved seeing the pickpocket, yep. right? I loved that he talked about the unrest and unsafety of Casablanca while being the unsafety in while, Casablanca. While doing a thing instead of talking about right. him pickpocketing all the time. Right. Right. Um, I just wish they had done that more, right? Like, I think if they had gotten out of the bar, if there had been more... I think they tried to touch on the politics of the Nazis being in unoccupied France a little bit, but I, will, I would have liked more of that, of the sort of like, right? Because like they allude to the fact that uh, Renault has to do what the Nazis say, even though they are not his government, because of this weird relationship that he has with Vichy France. Hmm. But they don't, it's not, there was something really interesting about the fact that Renault was not raping women, but... Um, like sexually harassing them in it's a because way because of the implication, right? Exactly, it's the implications. That it, <laughs> yeah. but, like it was the same thing that the Nazis a, were doing to him. It was a power dynamic, yeah. Right, and it never addressed that 
sort of like chain of of like toxic yeah. like power dynamics. Uh, I just think there was a lot of really untapped potential in the premise, which I think is I've taken a very long time to say that very <laughs> simple statement. No, no, but I agree, and I think honestly, I, I do too. Did yeah. I? Ma- I forgot if I mentioned it or not yet. Like this is was a stage play that was never produced for Broadway and never picked mm. up, and then was it was never day. produced because no. I saw in the opening credits that based on the play, and I said to her. Wow, I didn't know this was based on a play. I've never heard of that play. Based on a written play <laughs> that was never never gone anywhere other than this movie. Honestly, and it's it a, shows. It, this was a play that was filmed. And, and I bet it would have been better as a play, to be honest. Yeah, it would have. Yeah, yeah, totally. I think also there there is sort of with with theater, with live theater versus with film, there is this potential and you come to it with the imagination of like what could be and what it must be like and how it makes you feel and with film, why why rely on that potential when they could just show you what it is? Right. Why? And, you know, I think for me, I got this. There was like a, a mistiness and a familiarity about this film that you know this actually this filmed play that I really liked because there is so much potential in it. But I think I I would agree with Matt. I would I would agree with you guys that there 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 was more opportunity for to sh- to show kind of what the the characters were feeling. Yeah. And not using extreme close-ups of their faces. And I think... But I've, to I've, me, it was still... What they did was still effective for me. Right. I've touched on this before, but this, I think, is a, a sign of the times, too. I, where, I would agree. Yeah. Where, just like music videos, it used to be they would just film the band playing on stage. Because right, right, that's right. what... Concerts were just always the thing to do when you saw a song being played. Then, you know, then it was radio. And then it was like, oh, we can film this shit, too. So they would film just what you would see at a concert and that would be the music that video would, must have been so exciting to see oh, it absolutely. and hear it at the same time i could be in my home and watch yeah. a concert holy shit so this was the same thing like i could be at home or, or you know i can go down the block and see a play on yeah. film again and again right like i can see this one play the same exact way multiple times that's what this was before movies like the new hollywood decided like you know we can do a lot with film that stage plays just can't you know because we have this magical new technology that we're not really implementing yet but that's just how you know evolution works you and know. meanwhile citizen kane was made in 1941 and did show a lot of these and that's why that movie lives. i yeah. think actually earns its top spot and this one doesn't i don't know but, I but now what's it. your number we never got a number thanks randy um yeah, so I think we've said before that uh, ten is a must-watch. One yep. is don't watch it. And five is take it or leave it. This is the definition of a five for me. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a five. Yeah. I I see the value. I see. No, I don't. I see. <laughs> I, see I see some the, of the value. I see the cultural value of watching it. That's why I gave it a six, not of like a five. I'm like. Meh. I think watch it because everybody knows the lines. Everybody knows the movie. That's what brought it from. I was going to give it a four or five. Okay, yeah. And then that brought it up to take it or leave it just because there's so many good quotes in it. I agree, Why do we we think that this is, why why is this so culturally important, this film? What what are your theories? I don't know, to be honest with you. I really don't understand why this film is what it is, which is, I think, my central issue with it. Is that like... Humphrey Bogart himself could be like because oh so this movie hey did you know (laughs) (laughs) oh my god i didn't that this movie uh it was rushed to release it was going to come out in um like the early 1943 but they rushed it out in 1942 because of current uh political events because casablanca was taken over by uh the allied forces in 1942 and they wanted to put this movie out because that was already happening and so i think maybe part of it was 
it was just very culturally significant at the time, sure. you know. And Humphrey Bogart was already a name, a household name at the time, and Ingrid Berman, I think. Uh, that I think it just touched on something that was now passed on by generation to generation. Um, where if it came out even just like a year before or maybe a few years after, it wouldn't have, you know? Mm. Possibly. Possibly. Any theories, Devin? Not really. <laughs> I don't have any theories either. I don't know. It was a, it was a star-studded cast, lots of famous people, it big production company. I don't know. I don't know. It felt like a safe movie to me, right? Like it was entertaining, but I don't know. Didn't feel super significant. Right, that's my thing. It's not bad. It's yeah. not bad. I just don't understand why it is what it is. It felt significant watching it only because it was, it had become significant over the years I had not seen it. You know. Yeah, but I also didn't have a lot of that context either. Like the lines that you have what? mentioned as being. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I am shocked. shocked. Shocked to learn that there is ignorance <laughs> in this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> perfect. That was, uh, perfect. That was a good moment for that. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, like, did that come from this? Yeah. How can he close me up? On what ground? I'm shocked, shocked to find that gambling is going on in here. You're winning, sir. Oh, thank you very much. Everybody out at once. You just that watched line? it this morning. <laughs> no, I don't know if it's the first instance of it is what i'm saying like is that what people are quoting because i say that right but i haven't heard i didn't know it was right is this movie quoting this something earlier yeah. yes all right <laughs> <laughs> we have totally derailed Devin. i apologize i don't remember what i was saying it's fine sorry not sorry i feel i feel kind of lukewarm about this film in general yeah you know it's like, one of those films where i say oh, it's like my motto now like i'm glad that i have watched it didn't really enjoy it that much. I, I, yeah, like I'd probably even watch it again if I was like bored, you know. <laughs> like it, it was entertaining enough, or if I was showing someone it, um, I'd, I'd watch it again. But I don't know, it's, it's nothing. It wasn't anything special for me. I think it must have been one of these. I mean, so Citizen Kane, in some ways, is like this. The acting is just as bad. I mean, at least this very similar. At least this this um. I think you even said in that episode, I mean, I'm sorry I can't reference any others because no, this is my third episode, um, that it was more like a play. Like it, it was, you know, all of this. But the thing Citizen that sets Kane it apart really. is the amazing cinematography. That's the thing that makes it revolutionary. And like, and the story is great. And, you know, I think plot wise, you're going, you're going through somebody's whole life as told by other pe from as told from the point of view of other people. So there is kind of that interesting element as well. But I mean, in terms of, of the acting and, and what the characters are like. I mean, I, I would say that it's probably pretty similar, but the revolutionary part of Citizen Kane is how it was filmed and, and how uh, how it was produced. And, and with this, there just wasn't that. So through the context of <laughs> the context of um, the resources available and, and how it all worked, I think um, Casablanca is, it's remarkable that it's as interesting and as touching as it is. Not, not to, completely just like cool next you know sorry no, let's but do it. uh so next week right is the 25th episode <laughs> Matt, Whoa. matt's being all he's sending text messages while jackie's talking to try to get this like what did you send that was so rude i was just asking if if they were okay with you coming back next week oh, so yeah i uh, wrote i got to do it while i was talking <laughs> i'm cool i'm cool with having an outsider like 
listening in on like all of our, the stuff that we went over in the early episodes and commenting on it and stuff. It'd be kind of fun, I think. You know, be like, you gave it that? What? I would oh, give it this. Is it our thing next week? It is twenty five. Oh. This is number twenty four. Next week is the special that I'm not prepared for at all. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, let's say this. Like, who knows when the fuck this is going to be released? My fault entirely. Uh, That's not true. You gave me an episode I still haven't released yet. Oh, have I? Yeah. I didn't know that. I, I went check. on vacation, and then I came back, and it just keep kept getting bumped. You can it's, count on us, folks. It's mostly Every my fault. For, I, like, I have now a backlog of like three, three episodes. So what I'm thinking is we probably won't record for a little while just so that we can... I can like blitz through all these edits and then create a whole bunch of like nice audio bits that we can use in the 25 episode. Uh, <laughs> I named the 25th episode retrospective spectacular. <laughs> retrospectacular. Oh, so much better. <laughs> yeah, let's call it that. It'd be the 25th episode retrospectacular. Or just retrotacular. No. I like retrospectacular because like it has this retrospective spectacular and that's retrospectacular. Perfect. It's perfect. I like it. So no movie for next week. We're not picking one. No movie. No movie because <gasps> we're doing 24 movies <laughs> all at once. <laughs> we have to rewatch all of them. Do you guys Although, believe that we've watched 24 movies in this episode? It's kind of crazy. I was sort of curious. So you had one locked and loaded for the first time ever last time. I did. Oh, you want to know what it is? And yeah. I wanted to <laughs> know if you still, ever, you don't have to tell me what it is. Only for it to get derailed twice. <laughs> <laughs> let's save that. Sorry, Devin. Yeah, it's okay. Let's save that for next time time mm-hmm. but i am curious do you remember what that film is or do you have to look it up uh, again i had to look it up but i remembered again and then i <laughs> just realized we're doing the 25th so it's pointless again <laughs> i want to know what what was it what is uh it? you will find out next week all right that's Ooh. fair that's fair <laughs> that's fair to pick the next movie movie after the next show, oh, after the fair. next show, 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 pick the next show, pick the next show, it's gonna be next show, spectacular, retrospectacular, retrospectacular, he loves to sing hi. Does he? I'm gonna get out of here. I'll see you guys later. Bye, everybody. Bye. I love you most. No, he's just pretending. He's trying to get something out of you. I, I love you for real. For you. No, but I actually love you the most. <laughs> test, test, test. Oh, boy. Uh, hello, people. Wake up. <laughs> Wake up, sheeple. <laughs> Take the red pill. Good morning, Vietnam. Did you know that was my old podcast catchphrase that I, that I was Wake doing? Up, sheeple. I it was just good morning internet, but it was that good morning internet. Welcome I didn't know that, blah, 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 having blah. been one of the three people that listened to your old podcast. Hey, <gasps> I listened you listened? To it. Yeah, you don't remember that? Nope. <laughs> you told me about it, and then uh-huh. I went away and listened to them, and I came back, like, I don't know, a week later, you were like, oh my god, I was checking my numbers, and we have, like, a new listener. And I was we like, have a oh, listener. That was me. That was me, bud. That was me. And then I went, oh, well, great. I okay. one-star <laughs> review.